Welcome to the Her God Speaks podcast special Tuesday feature called Hermeneutics Tuesdays. Yes, that's Tuesdays with an H, where we are seeking to become better interpreters of the Bible one 10-minute episode at a time. I'm your host, April Spears. Let's learn stuff together. I'm not sure if you noticed, but I kind of left you guys hanging. I gave you the first reason why I think the Bible is not a love letter and told you that I give you the other two reasons the following Tuesday. That Tuesday came and went. I hope that you didn't lose too much sleep waiting for these other two reasons. (laughs) Well, since it's been a couple of weeks, let me review the first reason why I don't think it's wise to think of the Bible as a love letter. Now, remember, I am not denying that the Bible has a tremendous amount of things to say about the love of God. Certainly, it reveals to us that aspect of his character and I am so, so grateful that it does. Uh, I'm talking here in terms of biblical hermeneutics, of understanding what a passage means. And for that purpose, it is, it is not helpful to think of the Bible as a love letter. All right, so reason number one, the Bible is not a love letter. A love letter is written to a person. The Bible was written to a people. It is a we book, not a me book. While I think it is incredibly useful to have a personal me and Jesus devotional time of Bible reading and prayer, I try to do that every morning, if that is the primary way a person engages the Bible, there's a really good chance that person is misreading it. The Bible was written to be read, explained, and lived out in community. Well, that brings us to reason number two, that the Bible is not a love letter. You guys ready? A love letter flatters. The Bible forms and informs. I'm pretty sure any love letter you've ever received is an ooey-gooey, gushy-mushy, highly sentimentalized, sappy description of how amazing you are. It would probably make most of us who aren't you a tad uncomfortable to read. But nobody would criticize the author of such words because that is literally what love letters are for. If someone gives me a love letter and it isn't several paragraphs of how amazing I am, I'm not so sure I want to be in this relationship anymore. Now, if the Bible is a love letter, I have to say it is the worst love letter ever written. I mean, think about it, you guys. Ain't nobody putting a bunch of genealogies in their love letters. No cringy stories about people's foreskins. You don't include ghastly accounts of war or crucifixion, nor do you lay down a bunch of laws and instruction. So let's just be honest. If we consider what we want and expect to find in a love letter, the Bible is hands down the worst love letter ever. Thankfully, that's okay, because it's not a love letter at all. The Bible wasn't written to flatter us. It was written to form and inform us. Let's start with the inform part. The Bible is fundamentally God's revelation of himself to humanity. Through a variety of human authors and literary genres, the Bible explains who God is, who we are in relation to who he is, what he's been up to in the world, and where the plot line is ultimately headed. I want to be really clear about something. It is okay to read the Bible to glean information. In fact, 
It's necessary to do so. This idea that if you don't get some kind of Bible buzz every time you read a passage of scripture, you're somehow just, quote unquote, going through the motions or turning the Bible into a textbook is, in my opinion, total garbage. If our engagement with the Bible isn't academic at some level, we will never properly understand it. What in the world makes us think we can pick up a text written in a very different language to people living in a very different culture well over a thousand years ago and just magically comprehend what we're reading? It's insane. We don't do that with anything else. The Bible has been preserved to inform us. And just like every other informational text in existence, you have to study it to understand it. And nine times out of 10, you're going to need some help. You're going to need a teacher, a scholar, some commentaries, a small group of other believers who are working through that same text. So if you go to the Bible seeking information and that information doesn't lead to any warm fuzzies, you are fine. If you need to do a heart check, do a heart check. But it's okay to just learn stuff sometimes. Now, if you read a love letter and you don't feel anything, you've got a problem. There's probably a breakup in your future, right? But if you read the Bible and you don't feel all the feels, that's okay. Because one major function of the Bible is to inform. And sometimes that information doesn't have anything to do with you personally. It's still important, though, and worth your time. If we make sentimental feelings our standard, we make a major percentage of the Bible completely irrelevant. So let's not do that, okay? All right. (laughs) Well, not only does the Bible inform us, it forms us. By forms, I mean shapes and molds us so that over time we become more and more like Jesus. In 2 Timothy 3.15, Paul says to Timothy, from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation. In the next verse he writes, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for, here's the list, teaching, rebuking, for correcting, for training and righteousness so that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. In Romans 15, Paul writes this about the Old Testament scriptures. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance in the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So all those stories in the Old Testament are written to form in us a certain perseverance and hope. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the hearts. Over and over again in the book of Acts, the gospel is proclaimed, and people listening are cut to the heart, repent of their sin, and begin to live their lives in allegiance to King Jesus. The other passage of scripture that comes to mind is the lengthy celebration of God's word found in Psalm 119. In nearly every one of those 176 verses, the psalmist gushes about the transforming power of God's instruction. Now, I could throw more verses at you, but I think you get the point. Over time, as we read the holy scriptures and seek to live them out, they change us. They form us into the human imagers God always intended for us to be. Nothing, and I mean 
Nothing has had a bigger impact on my life and character than the words of the Bible. I have a hunch a lot of you listening could say the same thing. Love letters are written to flatter. The overarching message is usually something like, you are perfect, don't ever change. But the Bible doesn't work that way. It tells us why everything is so screwed up and how God plans to get it back on track. And the reason he has a plan in the first place is because he full-on loves humanity more than we'll ever be able to comprehend. But the love of God doesn't pamper. It perfects. It transforms. It renews. It restores. And the same can be said of his word. So why is the Bible not a love letter? Number one, a love letter is written to a person. The Bible is written to a people. Number two, a love letter flatters. The Bible forms and informs. I've got one more reason, but I'm looking at the time here, and I think I'm going to save it for next week. Hey, if these segments are helpful for you, there's a really good chance they'd be helpful for others as well. Would you consider sharing the link to this episode with a friend or leaving a review if your podcast app allows for that? Any way that you can help spread the word is really appreciated. If you're interested in a transcript of this episode, you can subscribe to my Substack newsletter called Come On In. That's where I'm writing and sharing resources these days. It's also where I'll be posting the Hermeneutics Tuesday transcripts. It's really easy to subscribe. Just click the link in the show notes or go to aprilsweers.substack.com. That's April with an E. My last name is spelled S-W-E-E-R-S, aprilsweers.substack.com. You can subscribe for free or you can upgrade to a $5 a month paid subscription. It's a beautiful and much appreciated way to say thanks for the time and effort you put into this stuff, April. It also helps keep this work going and it'll get you access to some exclusive goodies down the road. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you next week for the last installment of why the Bible is not a love letter. Bye. Bye.